You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Today's guest is Jay Harold, wife, mother, and lifestyle coach. Jay guides us through life's unexpected challenges while loving those who've betrayed us. Let's dive in. Well, welcome, Jay, to our No Gray Areas podcast. We talk about living on purpose for a purpose. Your husband was on last week. We're yes, going to get into that in a moment. But um, I'll just get this out right now. You had pneumonia recently. I did last week. So you week. told me if I make you laugh, you might start wheezing. Yes. I'm going to hope that my lungs are good okay. and Jesus is healing me Yeah, and nothing will happen, but it might just be a funny thing well, for everybody yeah, If here. you start wheezing, we'll all laugh along with you. So that's that's why if good. that happens. Yes. Okay. So yes. glad you're feeling better. Yes. So glad am I. It was, it was a little touch and go. Being pregnant yeah. and sick is not... An enjoyable process yeah. by any means. Well, but. congratulations on that, Thank right? You. So, third boy. Third boy. Yeah. Found out ultrasound a couple weeks ago. We found out as another boy, and God wants me to be a boy. How mom far along are you? I'm pregnancy brain 18 yeah. weeks. Okay. This week we're recording. So, I'll be about halfway through, probably yeah. by the time yeah. this comes out. Well, congratulations. Yeah. 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 So fun. So, uh, we're going to jump right into this. Last Let's do week, it. if, 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 they have not heard yet. I'm going to ask the listeners to stop right now yes. and go back and listen to last week's because they really need to listen. Josh is going to set up a lot of or he set up a lot of what we're going to talk about mm. because I'm going to jump right in to that that time when Josh comes and he sits down with you mm-hmm. and he starts talking about uh, his struggle with addictions and identity issues, um, betrayal to you. Mm-hmm. What was that like? And this is why the listeners right now, they're they're probably going, wait, wait, I don't wait, know what, what happens. What? Go back and listen. Yeah, go back and listen. And I'm not just biased because my husband was on the podcast, but he really does lay a foundational work. Yeah. And I think whether you are the betrayer or the betrayed, it's so important to get the full scope of both sides of the story because there's just so much that I have seen him go through that I've learned from and vice versa. And so many times I needed to hear other stories of other spouses that had gone through this and hear it from both sides. So I would, I would also encourage, please go back and listen. Well, he, he, when he describes that moment, Mm -hmm. in fact, on our podcast, he actually broke down a little bit because he said, um, I never experienced Jesus like I did in that moment. And part of that Mm -hmm. was your response. Mm-hmm. in that moment. What was it like for you, though, when you heard that, when he he's finally being open and transparent with these uh, issues with you? The hotel room in Florida. You know, so at this point in the story, we had had some initial confessions of dark secrets that have hidden for mm-hmm. so long. And that's typically how it is with betrayal and addiction. It's kind of a slow leak. And you've been married about six years at that time, right? Yeah, right yeah. about yeah. six. I'm like, yeah. I remember, see, so you would yeah. know because you just talked with Yes. Me. Yeah, so we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary, and I can't believe it's been almost four years of healing and restoration that God's taken us through. And everyone always said it would be a long process, and I, I wanted to – I wanted to believe that that was a good thing, but I think when you're just in pain, you want it to be over. You want it to end, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. You want it to be done, and there was good and bad. It was a very bittersweet time in that initial months because I was happy that Josh was revealing things to me and finally being honest because I knew that I mean, we all know when someone's lying to us, right? We yeah. all know when something's not right. I think God's... Did you, did you consciously know or do you think it was more 
subconsciously, I think I knew, or did you, did you like consciously in your mind say, I, I know he's lying. I know he's holding back. I think for me, I knew there wasn't that breakthrough point for him yet. Okay. And when I say breakthrough point, I just, I knew there was wrestling happening in his heart. Like his relationship with God was, was revealing some hard things in his life that he really did need to deal with. And I had seen the aftermath of that through depression and anxiety and distance. He can tend to be a very um, closed off person when he's struggling. And so I'll ask him, what's wrong or what's the matter? And he'll be like, I'm fine. Mm. I'm like, no, you're not. I know you're not fine. <laughs> I, I doubt any of our listeners have ever said that when oh, someone never. asks them how they're doing and they're not doing well. And they go, I'm fine. I'm right. fine. Yeah. And so I just kept... I, I accepted that answer because he wasn't going to give me another one. Mm. But I knew in my heart and I knew in my spirit. And this was really where I, you know, backing up um, at that point, it would have been six years earlier. I had really gotten my body healthy and my relationship with Christ right. And when I say that, I'd always grown up in the church. I'd always, I'm, both of my parents were pastors and pastor's kid. And I had always had that upbringing of Christianity, but I never really experienced that raw relationship where you're so dependent on God that nothing else matters. Mm. And when I started, when God took me, my 240-pound-ness, and those of you who are watching this on video, you see I'm obviously not 240 pounds anymore. I'm actually at a healthy weight for the first time in my adult life. And the reason was because God convicted me of a part of my spirit where I wasn't being congruent. Mm. And so I had gone through this process of I had an emotional eating addiction to food. And I had gone through this process of dealing with what Josh was just starting to deal with. And in a different way. So I was able to use my empathy from my own experience in watching him go so through this. So you had this. to come to the point where you were honest about where you were right. and, and transparent and authentic before God on right. where you were. Right. So now you're starting to see Josh go through something that you'd gone through. Yes. Which is one of the reasons you had some empathy. Yeah. And it's hard to say what it is that you are actually, like, it's humbling when you're going through yeah. this place of identity and and who really am I and, and facing that because we all are fallen people. We all have our stuff. Mm -hmm. And I needed to name the stuff that I needed to own because for so long when I was growing up, I was like, I don't really have any issues. Like I didn't have a drug addicted mom. I didn't have, you know, like my story is just kind of boring. And I'm sure God laughed when I said that because now I, you know, this was all part of a plan to have a story that even today I wrestle with sharing because our stories are just hard to share because mm -hmm. they're so deeply personal and so deeply intimate. And a lot of times they do have a lot of hurt attached to them. Mm -hmm. And so getting into that, watching him go through that process, it was hard but I, I just had a lot of faith and I just felt the spirit inside of me say, like, just keep loving him. Keep loving him. I know you don't want to. Keep loving him. Mm -hmm. And 
all I saw were these. I'm a very futuristic person. Futuristic is one of my main strengths on strength. We've talked about yeah, this. Remember, Pat, yeah, we're we, very, had, we could go couples, a whole other direction on this podcast. But we had dinner as couples yes. the other night. We were talking about our strengths on Strength Finder, and that's one of your top ones, right? Yeah. Futuristic. And yeah. so I felt like God gave me all of these visions for Josh and the leader that he was, and he definitely was not that person before me in my eyes. In fact, he was a lot of a hot mess. But all God reminded me of was the person that he wants Josh to become. And it was through that lens that I started to see Josh differently, to treat him the way God wants to treat him. And it wasn't by my own strength, by any means. How powerful is that? Because Again, if people will go back and listen to last week's podcast, Josh is talking about how he had to start seeing himself through God's eyes, mm. not through his brokenness, uh, not through his addictions, not through his uh, betrayals, that he had to start seeing who God, that he was fearfully and wonderfully made, yeah. that he was knit together in his mother's womb. But you're saying that God was allowing you to see your husband through those eyes. Yeah, because I think I'm reading in Ruth right now and... It's kind of the difference between Naomi and Ruth, right? Naomi saw her light. She wanted to change her name to Bitter. And Ruth, she's out gleaning the fields, trying to find what she can to sustain her through this time. And I think God gives us two options. He gives us the option to be bitter. Mm -hmm. And we're allowed to be bitter. He's given mm -hmm. us the ability, but it doesn't usually help us get anywhere. And there are seasons for those things too. I had bitter moments, but it was in the moments where God just, he met me where I need, and he sustained me that I was able to glean what I could from the situation, which was hope for him and hope for our marriage and hope for the future of what our kids would have and, and all of that. You, you uh, both brought up, have brought up issues about image. Yes. That that image was one of the things that we might even call it a, an idol or a small G God that you realize through this whole process that your identities were wrapped up in, in image. Mm. Un unpack that a little bit. I think you just you think that life's going to go a certain way. You think that you know what marriage is. You think you know what sex is even. And as you go along in life, God reveals what he really intended it all to be. And I think for me, when I let go of what my image is of the way life should be, mm. I'm able to just see so much clear. It's like I'm really not seeing clearly. I'm, I'm seeing a foggy picture of what kind of what God wanted. And sometimes it's not even, I'm like, why, why did I see that? That was weird. But moving over to, you know, once we surrender and we let go, of the things that we hold as an image or the way our life is supposed to be, God transforms that into something even more beautiful than I could have imagined because I don't think anybody imagines hardship in their life. Like, I wouldn't wish what yeah. happened to us. You didn't sit on the edge of your bed yeah. as a six-year-old girl and dream about your future and, and be dreaming yeah, about hard things and difficult yes. and, you know, Yeah, like, that wasn't part of your dream? No, no, no it wasn't. No. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just thankful that God knew better than me because mm. I never would have learned. And it was all of the stuff in my childhood leading up to this moment that destined me for my purpose. Mm -hmm. And destined, and still to this day, 
every day I walk closer with the Spirit, every day I walk closer to Jesus, I see a clearer picture of what he has for us here, what he has for other people, what what he wants for us to live heaven on earth lives, Mm -hmm. live restored lives Mm -hmm. in a way that only he can provide to us. And that restoration, this is something that we touched on last week with Josh and that, and you're, you're saying it again today, that restoration almost never happens without pain, does it? No, no, it has to break. If something's being restored, you know, and restored is used. I I should know how many times it's used in the Bible because it's our favorite word. It's the name yeah. on our podcast, you know. But when I think about restored things, there are things that have been beaten up, bruised, broken, scratched, mm-hmm. and made new. Mm-hmm. And that was so our story. It yeah. was we were beaten up, broken, bruised on the outside. To some people, we looked great, but. I have the scars to prove it all, right? Yeah. I have the stretch marks to prove that I I had battles in my health. I have um, the stretch marks to prove I had battles with my babies. I, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things are so purposeful. And the fact that God uses those imperfections to bring about something beautiful, a new creation mm-hmm. because of him, like that restoration process, it can't happen without the pain. And I think that's one of the biggest lies that, because I, I have a similar story that that you do in the sense that I grew up going to church. Some some listeners won't know what this is. <laughs> going to Awana. You know, <gasps> uh, you remember Awana? Yes. Oh, I did. I, I won all the Pal of the Month awards, which means I, I memorized more badges. verses. I had the badges, badges to prove that I had memorized the Bible. That's right. But subtly, I, I somewhere bought into this lie that if I live a good life, mm-hmm. I'll get a good life. Yeah. That that's what it meant. And and I don't know where, and it, I mean, it sounds like that's a similar story that what you had, like, you know, that, that the marriage should be perfect, mm-hmm. the kids should be perfect, the, you know, the, the job's going to, the baby's going to pay me what I deserve to get paid, all these yep. things that, but you, all of a sudden when you're confronted with life, mm-hmm. it starts kicking you in the face and you're going, wait. Why is this happening? But and then, then back- no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. Right? Like you have to hide it because yes. everybody else, especially with social media nowadays, I feel like this is such a bigger problem than mm-hmm. it has been maybe in the past or maybe when I was growing up, right? But the times are changing and um, I run my own social media. Obviously, I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. But my goal with my social media is to be as authentic as I can. And so I just did a video last week that confused the heck out of people. I was like crying and moving through my emotions and, you know, some hard things were happening, but what was I learning through it? And I got text messages. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, it's okay to cry y'all. Like it's okay to have pain. You don't realize it. But if you think that anybody is perfect, you're wrong. Yeah. They're just hiding all of that stuff. Yeah. And I really, you know, when we were going through our therapy and I'm just kind of going through these first six months of our story and everything was very raw and open. I remember God and I just having conversations and I was trying to decide, should I leave him? Should I stay? You know, there really was at that point, I was like, I mean, our marriage covenant has been broken. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I have an out. Mm -hmm. I have a, let's go. Mm -hmm. But all I could think was, I know his stuff now. I don't know the next guy's stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go through this again. Wow. And that realization 
uh, that God, and I, I really do believe it was a blessing from God that I thought that way because I don't, I do think people jump ship to new marriages and they experience the same issues and they want, why? Because they're, they're going to get married to another broken person. Right. And I didn't realize this at first and this made me mad. So if it makes you mad, sorry in advance, but not sorry. Um, a lot of my issues with Josh had to do with me. Mm. And so much of it was work that I actually had to do on me, my identity and how I saw the world that was impacting our marriage. I'm not saying I was the reason that he cheated on me or anything like that. I want to be very clear. Yeah. But there were things I needed to own on my end, just like there were things he needed to own on his end yeah. that provided the toxicity that was our marriage in that moment. Yeah. And to this day, having a healthy marriage is the same thing. Yeah. Where he's working his stuff, I'm working my stuff, and we're coming together. And it's a it's a beautiful coming together. Yeah. But it's not without its work on either side. And going back to that word you used earlier, restoration, restoration never happens until we get to that point, does it? Or it mm -hmm. doesn't fully happen until we get to the point where we're willing to be completely transparent and honest. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, the way before I see God, it, for yeah. sure. But even before maybe some people that are really close and safe in our life. Yep. Well, the way I see it, there's this really great form of art called Kintsugi art. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So it's amazing. Okay. And what it is, is the Japanese would take broken pottery and they actually glue it back together with gold and lace it with gold and make it a new, what? you got to look it up. Kintsugi art. I'm obsessed with it now. I'm going to have a million oh, I just got in my goosebumps house. when you were describing that because... And I feel like it's so... And when you see it, I go look it up on your... Pause this right yeah. now. Go look it up. It's amazing to see how the artwork shines and the pottery shines so much brighter after it's broken and put back together. And I feel like that's what God does with our lives, right? He, he doesn't just like glue us back together. He puts gold in the cracks that were once broken. Yep. And that image is just like, I will forever hold that because he doesn't want to just give us the bare minimum fix. Mm -hmm. He wants to restore and renew and create something new. And don't you, don't you see though, uh, Jay, when you're using that illustration, I picture though, that, that in order for God to do that with us, we have to bring the pieces to totally, him. totally. And that's where that transparency and honesty comes right. Where we're saying, I, I, I'm not okay, but that's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. um, here, God, take these and, 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 and fix these. But for a lot of us, and I'm saying I think a lot of listeners, myself, you and Josh are probably, well, not probably, you're still on this journey too, yep. where we want to hold stuff back, mm -hmm. right? Why, why do you think that is? Why is it that we're not willing to be fully honest and transparent? I think a lot of it is fear of, you know, like, I think the voices that we're listening to are part of that, right? So if you choose to listen to the voice in your head that says like, and I know Josh wrestled with this a lot and I would always tell him the opposite, but he was like, if I tell you about this, it's going to put so much burden on you. And I was like, actually, it's going to lift burden from me. And mm -hmm. isn't that how the truth and the lie is, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, the truth or the lie is the twist, Yes. Of what the truth is. It's not all lie. Yeah. But it's just a so small. makes it so deceptive. That's right. Yep. That's right. But that small deception, I think we just fall for it 
a lot of times and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to make the other choice. Yeah. Like I always get this all the time as a health coach. What if I fail in my health? I'm like, what about what if you succeed Hmm. by trying this? Would you Mm -hmm. give it a try? Like, why don't we ever ask ourselves the question? Yeah, we do go to what what if I fail? What if I fail? What if this is, you know, worst case scenario? What if it's the best thing you ever do in your life? Yeah. Like, we need to start shifting our perspective to asking different questions. And in that, there's so much freedom that's going to come from what we're able to do. You know what I love about the, your stories, um, and I say stories because it's both plural and 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 individual, right? Yeah. It's your story and it's Josh's story individually, what God was restoring in you as individuals, but then it's also your story and how he did it in your marriage as well, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what I love about it, that um, from the outside, some people would look at this and go, okay, this was betrayal in a marriage and it was brokenness. And, but what you you two keep bringing it back to is it was like, well, it was issues that we were both having to wrestle through, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, issues that we both had to wrestle through. And a lot of mine ended up being more of my relationship with God, right? So um, me having an unhealthy relationship with my husband, I had put my husband where God was supposed to be. Like he was my everything. He was, you know, helping me get through all of these things. I even, when I first went into therapy and this kind of all started to unravel, um, I didn't know anything at this point. I had just seen my husband was so depressed and he was so anxious and it was getting worse, I could tell. And I'm like, why is he so distant? I don't know. I should go to therapy and try and figure this out because I'm a fixer and trying Mm -hmm, to figure things uh out. And so I told my therapist, this is so funny and I always remember this. I'm like, how can I help my husband with his depression? Which is a very, for those of you who know what codependency is, it's a very codependent thing to say Mm. because I can't help him with his depression. That's his issues that he has to work through. But I thought, like, I need to help him. And I thought I could do that. Now, it's not like I can't help him or ask good questions. or I'm learning more and more now, four years later, that the power that I have to help and support is actually to just ask and listen rather than tell and try and prod and poke and mm. guide, you know? Like I wanna just, I wanna send him on the journey that and him know that I'm always going to be here. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's a lot of that question asking and I've really kind of, again, shifted my focus from Josh being my God and us working together and to, okay, if Josh wasn't in the picture, I'd still be okay here because it's me and Jesus against the world. Mm. And that betrayal that we went through in 2018 was was that moment where God took away all the other options of what I could cling on to. I, I'd stopped clinging on to food. I'd stopped clinging on to my kids. And now I needed to stop clinging on to my husband for mm. help. And God was like, I'm here. I'm the only person that understands you and I'm here. When I found out that he was not just emotionally having an affair, but with another man mm-hmm. and we were in the church and no one's talking about this, yep. Yep. I had no one to yep. talk to and no one understood me. Yeah. And that same sex attraction piece is such a hard thing to talk about in the church, mm-hmm. but 
I was so desperate for that. And it was like, God just met me there. He was like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And he helped me to see clearly some of the things that maybe I'd been taught in church growing up that maybe were interpret someone's interpretation of how he feels about the subject. And over the last four years, just given me such a heart and giving us such a heart for really learning and understanding and seeking to understand and love and what that looks like in these scenarios so yep. that we can be more of a voice because this is a, if people don't think that this oh. is an issue it's gonna be more that needs to be issue. talked about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I yeah. mean, our world is slowly, slowly, slowly just falling more and more apart. And if yeah. we don't start talking about these issues yeah. now, I'm not saying, you know, same sex attraction is the issue, but there's underlying things that cause all of our behaviors yep. in life. Yep. And their identity issues there, they come back to the table of, oh, the relationship with God is not where it needs to be. And how do we shift that? Yep. And so going through that was just, I was so grateful that I heard other women on podcasts say like, the work that I did on myself was the, cause I was angry at first <laughs> when they said that. I'm like, I don't have, he hurt me. I was yeah. in the victim mode. I, you know, I didn't want to hear any of it. And, but it sunk in a little bit. Yeah. And the more work I did on myself and the more I started to see clear, the more I started to see the benefit of working on my own identity yeah. issues that were so important. Well, and that's one of the themes that is coming out in last week's and this week's um, with your husband and you is this is a process. Mm. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't yes. have this honest conversation and all of a sudden the next morning you wake up and everything's solved and yeah, you're wouldn't that on be this nice? perpetual uphill climb <laughs> to the mountain peaks of life. Yes. There's more valleys that come and there's more difficult times. It's a process. But uh, you're, you're bringing up that identity thing again. So what for you... God was working with you with your identity issues. Mm -hmm. Josh was finding out that he had broken identity issues. What mm -hmm. what were yours? What were the, some of the things that God revealed to you about some identity issues that you had? So some of the identity issues, like we just talked about, the codependency piece. Um, the other identity issue that I'm actually just recently learning about, so you're getting like the fresh stuff. Okay. Pat, you're welcome. Okay, yeah. Is who did God create me to be in my purpose? Outside of, and I actually love that we're talking about this. I wasn't planning on going here, mm. but you had us do these podcasts separately. And I was yeah. telling you before we yeah. got on mic that I don't know if I've done a podcast without We, we Josh. were originally talking about you two Doing coming on as a couple. Right. And that's how you always, yeah. And when I agree that it is powerful to have a story together and a lot of our story intertwines with each other, mm -hmm. um, this year especially I have been leaning more into what is my specific part in this? And mm. what is my specific story in this story? Because a lot of times, if I'm being honest, I kind of felt like I fell into the story because I was hurt. Yeah. And it wasn't something I chose. But this last year especially, I feel like God's really working on the fact that he made my story restored. And it started way long ago with, you know, sexual brokenness in my past. I was sexually abused when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And there was a string of that sexual abuse and what it did to my relationships with my friends and my relationships with other guys and where I found my worth 
and my value. And as a 20 something year old adult who, I mean, we were married very young, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. We're about to celebrate 10 years. So I'm turned 30 this month and all the fun things are happening. And, um, but I feel like my twenties, God really showed me, no, this is who I created you to be, Jay. This is where your worth is found. And for so much of my twenties, Um, you know, I got healthy when I was 22, we started going through all of this stuff in our marriage when I was 27, 26. And so much of that has been such a learning process and like opening me up. I always say that therapy and like learning more about yourself is like cleaning out, you know, when you clean out a wound, Uh and like you get and like you fall in the dirt and there's Uh just dirt in there and it hurts before it gets better Yep, it's painful when they start right digging out the dirt and the yeah yep but you got to go through that process because otherwise if you leave it there and you just cover it up with a band-aid it's going to get infected and it's probably going to hurt worse and so many things in my life that I had experienced in my childhood but never talked about Uh because I was just busy doing other things. I played sports. I, um, I didn't know that I was really sexually abused in high school cause I, it was a boyfriend and I just didn't consider it that way. Doesn't you bring up a powerful point with that because we were talking about wounds, mm-hmm. but immediately I think a lot of listeners, we start thinking like, you know, I got scars all over my mm-hmm. arms and stuff from yep. different things, but it's the, it's the wounds we don't see that are often the most painful, right? Mm-hmm. So you're even talking about the sexual abuse you had. You didn't necessarily even know that was a wound. No. Is that, that's right? No. Yeah. No, I had no idea. I would never have called it, you know, like I said, when I would look back at my story, I'd say, oh, nothing really bad's happened to me. I wouldn't consider myself a sexual abuse survivor. But what did happen to me, I just didn't have the language for it yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the knowledge for it yet for myself. And when I did finally have that knowledge, it was like more of the picture I got to see, more of the puzzle was starting to be put together. And I think that's what this process of identity is with God, is a slow putting together of like, this was your intended design. Mm -hmm. And over the last, you know, even seven years of working on my health, God first gave me the vision of your body's a temple. And Mm -hmm. honestly, when I was 22 and unhealthy and 240 pounds, it's a temple. Well, absolutely not. But I also, I thought I couldn't do anything. I knew that there was a good, Mm. um, I knew there was some greatness in me, Yeah. but it was so far down and I had told myself so many lies about what that actually was and believed so many of the lies that I was told. Like, you're not enough. You're, um, you could never do this. Uh, You didn't make that softball team, so you could never you could never do what you wanted to do. And slowly in my 20s, it's been like uncovering all of these lies and seeing if they're they're true or not. And they're Mm -hmm. not. They're actually, when I got healthy, I realized I have a powerful voice. And I had always wanted to be, I actually wanted to be an American Idol when I was really little. I was like, I'm going to be American Idol, be Kelly Clarkson. Some of y'all don't even remember like American Idol at that stage, but Kelly Clarkson. And I was just, I had always been attracted to speaking and being on stage. And I always felt weird for that because everybody else tried to not be on the stage. Mm. But I didn't know that that was part of what God put in me. 
And when I was overweight, I mean, no one wants to be on stage when they're overweight and you're pulling at your clothes and you don't feel good, right? But when I got my body healthy, I realized, oh, I'm not thinking about myself very much anymore. Mm. And it allowed me to think about others more. Isn't that a pattern if when we get healthy, I mean, you're talking about physically. Yeah, but mentally. Physically, emotionally, yep. mentally, spiritually, when we get healthy, we start thinking less of ourselves. Yep, right? totally. Isn't that, that, man, that's powerful. That's a mic drop moment right yeah, there. Yeah, it unlocks yeah. this potential in us that was hidden. And I think the enemy knows that. The enemy knows that our hurts and hangups are the way to stifle the greatness that God has put. And all of us have greatness in us. If you're listening to this podcast and you think, I don't have greatness in me, Jay, I resonate with you. Like, yes, you do. You just haven't seen it yet. But once you do see it and you start to accept it. Why do you believe that statement? You said that everyone has greatness in them. You have great. Why do you believe that statement? I believe that statement because I've seen it. And someone told it to me this way, and I will always remember it. Everybody has like strengths that are Jedi level, right? We've been talking about a few strengths Uh today, uh but my ability to see the future, my ability to speak, it's not something I have to try at. Uh It's natural. It comes out of me. And you, listener, are the same way. Uh You have something that you're like, other people don't think this is easy. Uh And it is. And it's individual to you because it's designed with your purpose in mind. You are designed. And the more I started just walking towards that narrow path instead of the wide one, I started to see that I was designed, Hmm. that I was designed with unique things for me. And if I stopped trying to be everybody else and just started to learn about me, those things got revealed. Wow. And even today, what I find is the hardest thing is continually letting go of who I thought that I was, that image I had of myself, right? And accepting, because it's not always going to be easy to accept it, Mm -hmm. that this is what, like, I didn't think God had this for me. But when you choose to start stepping into that narrow path, you choose to start accepting what God has for you, the purpose that there is, there's joy and peace there mm-hmm. that surpasses all understanding. It and becomes that art. What's that Japanese? Say it again. Kintsugi art. It becomes the... That, now you're going to have a bunch of that, you yes. and Char in your house. <laughs> yes, you're going to come over sometime and see all this. Yeah. That's right. I'm yeah. going to be like, I, I don't I know if we can afford that. it if it's gold in there, but uh, that it, that is a powerful image. Well, what what practical advice would you give? So, so let's say our listeners, and I, I certainly hope they are like I am, sitting here going, man... I, I do, I want to experience that freedom. You know, I think mm. of John 8, when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Mm. And that's tied to truth. Yeah. That whole context of the passage, truth. This podcast is all about the power of choices. Right. Uh, living on purpose for a purpose. Yeah. I mean, all of those things are tied together. But practically speaking, if you could say, here's one or two things that we could do as listeners, what, what would that be that could help us start moving down that process? I think... What's really important is, so we have a saying with Restored Living Podcast, we partner with people to help them rebuild, restore, and renew themselves to the purpose that God has for their lives. Now, the reason we chose rebuild, restore, and renew is it comes from Isaiah 61.4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins that have been devastated for generations. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to rebuild. 
you have to recognize that you are decimated and you're broken. And you have to say that out loud. You have to say it on multiple occasions. You have to see the things that are going on in your life and, and humble yourself to the point of, I need you, Jesus. Mm. I can't do this on my own anymore. And if you're not in that place or you feel like you're maybe really close or like I'm there, God will take you to your knees. <laughs> like he will take you to the devastating place so that he can help you restore it back to the new thing that he's trying to create. So rebuilding, mm -hmm. you know, many of much of my story has been rebuilding who God made me to be, mm -hmm. not who I tried to be. And you'll never, and this is what you're saying, right? You'll never get to that point where you're rebuilding if you don't start with saying I'm broken. That's exactly right. Cause you can't build something without a foundation. Mm -hmm. You have to have a foundation. And God took me down to the foundation where it was just me and him. That's it. All I looked around, there's no walls left. There's no, I mean, our, even our marriage to go back to our marriage, I didn't have any concept of like past today. It was like, he could leave me tomorrow. And so I didn't focus on that anymore. I started focusing on me. I started focusing on, well, what do I have? And this is what I had. I had my relationship with God every single day. And that was it. And it was the foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And so rebuilding, like what areas of your life do you need to rebuild? Like, do you have hurts in your health that you need to this is a huge, we've talked about this. This mm -hmm. is a huge issue in the church. And I think health needs to be talked about so much more, right? Mm -hmm. But are you running to food for things that you should be running to God for? Yep. I was running to food for a lot of things. And I think many people socially, it's okay to run to food for things like that cookie. It's just a bite. It's yeah. just a cookie. Now you're meddling into my life. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, no because, don't no, do but it. No, it, but it's, it's true, though. Yeah. You, you see that. And that's what we were talking about when we were together as couples mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago where we are created as holistic beings, physical, spiritual, mm -hmm. emotional, social. Those are all tied together. And uh, if you're unhealthy physically mm -hmm. or emotionally, it's going to affect you spiritually, mm -hmm. socially. We're holistic beings. Yeah, my unhealth represented on my body when I was overweight was an outpouring of what was happening on the inside. Mm. And I, it wasn't, you know, I don't think health is vanity by any sense. That's why I'm a health coach and that's why I do what I mm. do because I want people to see that the outward appearance of what you're seeing on your body, that's just because there's stuff inside you haven't dealt with yet. We, I just need to have you on this podcast again. <laughs> and, and we just need to spend some time on that because that's a whole nother issue. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's that, so good. That's an area that I feel like is very underutilized and it's something completely in everybody's control. Um, and then rebuilding other pieces, you know, your emotional story. I'm just going to say this right now everyone should do therapy in their life. Like it's just mm -hmm. a necessary, there's things that have happened in your life that you don't realize have caused you hurt. Yeah. Everybody's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And whether you think that you have been or not, there's such healing from digging up those wounds and letting them heal and having someone to help you put them back together. And so maybe it's therapy for you. Maybe it's, you know, recognizing that you've been putting some things in the God place that really need to not be in that place anymore. Yeah. And those are all part of the rebuilding process. So there's the rebuilding and then there's the restoring. And I think that the restoring is only what Jesus can do. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the reason I say it's the second step for you is because we have to have that dependence on Jesus or nothing's going to happen. And there are certain pieces that only God can change in your life that we don't realize that he's the only one that can change them. So like today I, I read this scripture in Ruth and literally as I'm, have you ever had this happen to you? Maybe you haven't, mm-hmm. maybe I'm like outing you, but you read the scripture and it just instantly gets you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 See, oh, yeah. I know. You. Yes. Yes. I just, I couldn't help myself but cry because mm-hmm. it just felt so deeply personal. I can't even say the verse. It's Ruth 2.12. Go look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was powerful for me to read that and have it sink in. And those are just words mm-hmm. on a paper, but they're living words. Yep. And when we're not connected to the word, right, exactly. And so part of restoration is opening your freaking Bible every day. Mm -hmm. Open your Bible. Mm -hmm. Flip, do the Bible flip if you want. Like, I don't care. Use the Bible app. Just get in there. Get in there. Yeah. Because God wants to do a work in your heart that only he can do through his word and through other people. Let other people in. Let God use other people to restore you to him. Yeah. Because if you're surrounded by the right people, they're going to help point you to him. I always um, was so thankful for the people I surrounded myself with when we were going through our first year of recovery and healing because I chose three to five. And at that point, I really couldn't choose more than that because part of it involved Josh's story. And then I needed to have safe people for me. And so I did, but I had three to five people that I hand chose that I knew they were going to point me to Jesus and point our marriage to Jesus. Yeah. And I needed that yeah. because if I would have had someone saying, yeah, leave him, that is like poison that yeah. you're taking yeah. for yourself. And yeah. you need all of the support and the help. And God will show you what people are supposed to be in your life for a season to help with your healing. And over the last four years, it's been a plethora of people. Everyone always asks us now. So we used to live in Oregon. Now we live here in Arizona. And we have built this new community. I mean, relatively quickly. We haven't even been here two years yet. And the reason we've done it is because we know the value of having people in your life to Mm -hmm. support you and come alongside you that live close to you. Mm -hmm. And we know how important that is moving forward. And so we wanted to make sure we had that here. And I think so many of us are, we have community on social media. That's not enough. That's not the community that God designed us to be around. And that's not the community is going to do restorative work in. And so we need the rebuilding, the work that we do. And we need the restoring, the work that God does if we're surrendered and open to what he has for us. Man, such great advice. You didn't know this, but it's really interesting when I asked uh, Josh last week what uh, some practical advice was, and you both touched on, one of the things you touched on was similar with having that that group around you, that mm. three to five people. Uh, who's who's at your table? Yeah. Who's really speaking in your, into your life? Yeah. So it's it's interesting that you both great minds think like about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we didn't talk about anything yeah. before. I was like, I don't even know what you're going to say, so... <laughs> Well, and I think that's so important for us to understand um, nowadays. Again, yeah. you know, people say, like, I have a thousand friends. Uh, no, you, no don't. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I liken it to, I, I say, who's your 2 a.m. friends? Which means 
when all hell breaks loose mm-hmm. in your life at 2 a.m., who do you pick up the, the phone and call? And who answers? And there's, yes, and oh, that's good. And yeah, because that's the other thing. You know, I was thinking about that the other day because we, we have really great people in our life that I know that we could call on now, but I know that that number is one, yeah. you know, compared to what it probably should be to be healthy, right? A good, and it's not like a million, right? Yeah. Like your followers mm-hmm. are not your friends, mm-hmm. but- the friends and the people that you have in your circle, they'll rotate. And then they'll also, they'll be seasonal in the fact that they'll be there right as you need them. But they should be that cultivating, like it should be that symbiotic relationship of you're, I'm getting so much from They're you. They're speaking life right. and truth into you. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jay, thank you so much. Been unbelievable. Uh, I know our listeners got a lot out of this, and congratulations. Thank I don't you. think you wheezed once. I didn't. I know. I and didn't. you laughed a few times through. too, and you didn't wheeze. So that's, I know. That's I impressive. Like gentle laughs. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so we, we uh, finish these with two truths and a lie, the irony of Ooh. it, where we're talking about no gray areas. We've been talking about truth this whole time. Yep. I'm going to ask you to lie to me. So the, the, the uh, <laughs> listeners have been listening to you here for 30-some minutes. And uh, we'll see if we can figure it out. Two truths and a lie. Okay. One, I'm Canadian. One, you're Canadian. Two, I've played the flute. Played the flute. Three, I've dislocated my elbow. Dislocate. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm going to go with three being true because I said ouch and you said yes. Yeah. That's true. It happened to you. It is true. Because you knew. You immediately said yes. Which means Gosh, you knew dang. how bad it hurt. Okay. You're good at this and then thing. and then uh, one I'm gonna oh, say like I'm gonna say you're Canadian. I mean that's true too. See, I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the second one was you play the flute? I I don't play the flute. You don't you've never I've never played any instrument. You've never ever. played any instrument. Mm. I know, it's not crazy. I played the I played the trombone in fourth grade for like Ooh. six months. That yeah. sounds couldn't like a lot of air that I, I would even need reach to the la- I was too small to reach the last note in the trombone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, Josh is a great guitarist, though. Like, is he really? He yeah. is. And he does worship. And whenever he gets up there and does worship, everyone's like, your husband has quite the voice. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does like a secret. And then you say, well, I played the flute, which is a lie now. Right. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know I don't play the flute. Well, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, um, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. For your honesty, transparency, courage to share. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.